Welcome to the Raising Great Kids podcast. I'm your host today, Kendra Fleming. As a mom of four, I can tell you for sure that parenting is a big job. It's very rewarding. It is often a good time, but it is not easy. Today, we are interviewing Rebecca Lyons, the best-selling author of Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace. Sounds amazing, right? This interview is full of practical, everyday habits that will help you Take better care of you. I'm excited to introduce our guest to you, Rebecca Lyons. Rebecca is a known speaker and best-selling author of a book that I have really been personally enjoying, Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. So Rebecca, as we were kind of entering into self-quarantine and um, all the mess with COVID-19 and all, all the stress and heartbreak and all that surrounds it, uh, I found myself looking for something that would sort of slow my brain down a little bit and slow my worries down and just get me focusing on the right things. And I was led to your book and I started listening to it every morning as I walk my neighborhood and I've gotten so much out of it. So I'm excited about this interview today. So just start by telling us a little bit about your family. Sure. Yes. I have, my husband and I have been married 23 years in December. We have four children, three in high school, one in kindergarten. It's a long Mm -hmm. story. We adopted a little girl, Joy, from China about a year and a half ago, and she's the kindergartner. But our three high schoolers are biological. We have Kate, who's 19, Pierce, who's 17, Kennedy's 15. And Kate and Joy both have a Down syndrome diagnosis. So we call them our Down syndrome bookends. And as you can imagine with quarantine, right? Like we were trying to get my son, my oldest graduated from high school. Joy's graduating kindergarten. I finally just ordered her a little cap and gown off Amazon. I'm like, we're going to have a ceremony at home, girl. Um, But we're all just making the most of it in this season. And it's been a real joy to um, get this time that you never would have expected, maybe not even asked for. Um, But there's obviously silver lining in it. Um, And I'm I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So I know kind of in the middle of this, sometimes as parents, moms and dads, people who are taking care of our families, we feel like the worst comes out in us. Sometimes we feel like maybe we're stuck in a bit of a funk, you know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, we, we go to bed feeling like we just blew it for the day and we all just kind of have our own personal battles for sure. And, and the thing that kind of has our attention. And I know that, uh, that has been true of you and your story and your life. And so I'd love for you to just share that with us a little bit and why that kind of led you on this journey. Yes. So 10 years ago, my family and I, my kids were in elementary at the time. We moved from the suburbs of Atlanta, actually, to New York City. Mm-hmm. And my youngest, Kennedy, was starting kindergarten. So I had been home that whole decade prior. It was, you know, diapers, cherries, and poop. You know, that decade. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, I had this time between eight and three. We had just moved into Manhattan. And I was like, who is Rebecca for babies? I don't know where she went or what she liked. You know, like, what was her passions? So I actually started taking classes at Parsons School of Design, these night classes. And I would take the subway to Union Square with all the cool kids who were half my age. And I started fashion flats and, and sketching and drawing. I did interior design and architecture. And I loved it. It was actually really fun for me. I just kind of pretended I was like back in college. I, I remember telling friends, it's like, you're going back to college except with kids. Turns out that's actually not a thing. But I, <laughs> I was like going to make the most of it. And at the time, I was 36. So it wasn't like I was young. But 
but it felt like a new lease on life. There was a little bit of a reset for me. And about four months into that time, I actually had my first panic attack. Mm-hmm. I was on a flight from Atlanta back to LaGuardia, landing around midnight, and we hit horrible turbulence and something mm-hmm. just rose in me. And I just was covered in terror from like the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was called a panic attack. I didn't know I was having anxiety. I just hadn't really had that personally. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in my dad. Um, But I, up to that point, didn't have language for it. And I just remember trying to escape like that kind of that need to run, to fight or flight. The amygdala was like going off in my brain and that fight or flight response is real. Yeah. And, and so what began that day continued in planes, trains, elevators, subways, and crowds. It was very much driven by claustrophobia. And all of a sudden I had moved from the suburbs of the South to a city of 8 million people in the span of 11 miles. And it was terrifying because if you go to New York, you can't avoid those things. Right. So over the course of a year, these panic attacks would happen. I would get on a subway and I would try to call the doors back open and people would back away. Like that's not possible. Get out of her way. I would get on and off an elevator. You know, I would take nine flights of stairs. Like there was just this, it became a crippling and it lasted over a year. And so, um, I'm a person of faith. I cried out to God a lot in that season. I had a lot of question marks of what this was about. In about a year, and I remember just one night in the middle of the night waking, just gripped in fear like normal, but no longer siloed to small spaces. It was just happening when I in my sleep. And I wake up in my bed, and this particular night of September 20th of 2011, I just raised my hand in the air and I said, rescue me, deliver me. I cannot do this without you. It was this kind of urgent surrender yeah. <laughs> yeah. to, to cry to God, like what? What is going on? And I just remember in that moment being flooded with peace. Mm-hmm. And I, my body just kind of stopped. And I fell on the bed. And I was like, I don't I don't even know, but I'm not gripped in fear right now. I just feel peaceful. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I remember stepping out of my apartment like, um, did it take? Are we going rogue? I don't know. <laughs> and, and, I, and I've learned. Like, I was, I wouldn't have called it healing. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I felt like the peace of God. Yeah. And, and so I, I know that when you're sick, you only look inward and you only see what is broken. But when a healing journey begins, you look up and you look out and you begin to see everyone else. Mm-hmm. That day I walked out of my apartment and I saw women just like me, men and women gripped in fear, one in four struggling with anxiety or depression. And this was before mental health was like a national conversation. This was yeah. back in 2011, especially not a conversation in the church. Right. So yeah. it, it, it was covered in a lot of shame. People didn't know how to talk about it. It would have been called nerves, you know, yeah. decades ago, but no one really felt equipped to know how to handle that. And so God, I've always been a chronic oversharer. So yeah. God kind of gave me a story I couldn't shut up about. And so I started actually writing and, um, I found that it was resonating because people were like, you're finally giving language to mm-hmm. something that I have hidden or I haven't known what to do with. Mm-hmm. And, um, so now we, here we are a decade later of, um, just having strategies of how do we keep emotional, spiritual, relational health? How do we keep stress and anxiety at bay? I mean, that's kind of become my life's work just out of my own need and yeah. find out there's a lot of people who are just like me that are walking that same road. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. There are a lot of people and I know, I don't, I don't know what it is within us, but watching your journey kind of over the long haul and, and reading some of the things that you've written through the years. I do feel like you have helped people have words around things that they feel and experience. You've kind of helped break down the walls of shame that people people are 
they don't want to talk about panic attacks. They don't want to talk about um, anxiety and not being able to sleep at night. Um, but as I jumped into your book and as I was reading it, I really did resonate with this idea that this was like a real strategy. This was like, um, it had doable, tangible things that I could uh, put on my calendar or plan into my day or grocery shop for whatever it was, you know, that would actually get me on a path to be healthy, um, both mentally and spiritually and physically, really in every way. So give me a little bit of a sense of the overview or the big picture of the book. Sure. So, so the book is called Rhythms of Renewal, Trading yeah. Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. It's only been about out about seven months, uh-huh. uh, but it's been great to see readers actually doing these rhythms because they have time and yes. you know, in their lives. So here's the content. It's got four rhythms, rest and restore. Uh-huh. And there's seven, seven little small vignettes, chapters below, and then connect and create. Mm-hmm. So the way that I would, and this is, this is the, um, this is the intro. It's called when the doors won't open uh-huh. because actually I had a relapse moment in 2007 and it, mm-hmm. I found myself, um, locked in this tiny little cement toilet area over the, over the cliffs of the Pacific in an old home, hundred year old home, the door locked, couldn't get out. My phone died. I had the worst panic attack. I had, I hadn't had any for seven years and I had the worst one of my life. So I went to God and I just, I was like, I need a plan. I've been doing a plan, but I need like a legit plan. Um, because I had, I was fatigued in that season. I was traveling a lot, teaching. I was, um, I was basically like burnout. I was, I was like operating on fumes. And so that just made me more vulnerable, honestly. Yeah. And, and so this plan rest, restore, connect, create are the rhythms that have slowly, I mean, I implemented them in my journal in 2012, mm-hmm. but, but I really doubled down in this last few years because I just wanted, um, sustained health. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to always feel like every day we're like right back at Groundhog's Day. Like yeah. I'm already waking up depressed. I'm already waking up anxious. Like I'm driven by those things. I need a plan and a strategy that, that helps keep those things at bay in a, in, a, in a more comprehensive way. So the rest and restore rhythm are input rhythms mm-hmm. and the connect and create are output rhythms. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, four out of five of us, according to the National Institute of Stress, have physical symptoms of stress. That's 77%. That's before COVID, before Mm -hmm. quarantine, before a global pandemic, right? That's back when we were able to live the lives we wanted. So I would say we weren't actually serving ourselves too well when we had the option, right? And so part (laughs) of it, we've all been given a pause and a timeout and we've been sent to our room to reevaluate things. (laughs) And in fact, that's how I start the book. It's called Take Inventory. It's like take inventory of your life. What's right? and, And I ask you to answer four questions. What's right? What's wrong? what's confused and what's missing mm-hmm. because you, it's never too late to reestablish what, what you want your life to be about. Mm-hmm. And you actually don't know where to begin. Like you can't heal what is hidden. You have to actually start to name the things that mm-hmm. are right in your life that are wrong, that are confusing. Mm-hmm. And then what's missing and confusing. A lot of people are readers are like, what do you mean by confusing? I'm like, it's usually something that just surprises you. Yeah. You're in the middle of an unexpected transition. So I would say right now, we all could easily answer the confused question. What is going on? <laughs> what, what, if, what is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning right now? What am I supposed to be doing in this season? How do I, how do I create health? What do you want to, what needs to be repaired in my life? What relationships are broken? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what part of me needs to come back to life and find my passion? What, what do I need to slow down? So all those things happen in that first rhythm of rest, like taking inventory, take a tech detox, mm-hmm. get a morning routine, get some routines for deep sleep. That rest rhythm is so powerful mm-hmm. but because it sets a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think in these seasons, the reason why um, I dig into these first, right? Mm-hmm. These rest rhythms, take mm-hmm. inventory, um, tech detox, get mm-hmm. quiet, do the heart work, morning routine, and stop mm-hmm. stop the work. You know, take a pause for mm-hmm. Sabbath or whatever you do on the weekend. That just means stop working. <laughs> stop yeah. your output. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for a minute, let's just talk about overall, like what are some really practical things people can do to like put that first rhythm in place, that rhythm of rest. I know you and I have talked offline a little bit about that's just like the foundational starting point. And if we don't have that, we really can't build the rest of them. So let's spend a little more time on that one and then we'll jump into the other three. Sure. So I think rest begins with a good night's sleep, right? We could all, we all agree with that. Yeah. It's hard to Netflix binge and get a good night's sleep, <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. Another thing about, so I write a chapter routines for deep sleep. I had a struggle with sleep. Um, I would wake, I would go to sleep well, but wake up around three, four in the morning and just mm-hmm. my mind would race. And that's when you think of all the things you've done wrong. Yeah. Like, when you're taking account of how much of a failure you actually are. It's the worst time to actually have self-talk because yeah. all you want to do is blame and then it makes worry happen. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, okay, we need a better sleep pattern. So one thing I've learned about the body is that you take four to six hours to digest your last meal. And four hours usually hits around, if you eat late before bed, that hits around 3 to 4 a.m. and it affects your kidneys. So they're working their hardest around 3 and 4 in the morning when you just want to sleep through the night. Yeah. So I say don't eat late. Don't eat right before bed because your body is trying to repair itself at night. Like sleep is actually the... the the reason we need sleep is it's mm-hmm. supposed to be repairing what was spent the day prior. Mm-hmm. And so that we wake in the morning, like refreshed, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we can do this again. But it's having to work double time by digesting your food and repairing the rest of your body and nourishing you in such a way um, mm-hmm. because it's having to overexert itself. Um, so I would just say, prepare your room, like, don't get on your phone late. Your, your phone gives off blue light, right? Blue light, which tells you to wake up. So if you stay on that till midnight, or if you wake up to go to go pee <laughs> and you look at your phone, uh-huh. all of a sudden you'll start scrolling and you will not be able to go back to sleep. Yeah. Um, um, a sunset just emits natural red light, actually, mm-hmm. which is melatonin for your body. God made it in that pool, like a a sunrise gives blue light to, to wake up and a sunset gives you red light. So he, so basically if you actually just go, you know, sit on your porch, watch the sunset, go for a walk around your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know, when in that, we call it the golden hour. It's like the prettiest time of the day. Like let that melatonin relax you a little bit and don't get back Mm -hmm. on your phone when you get home, just kind of keep it in another room. Um, there's tips about quieting your room, you know, just, Take a, take a hot bath and just, just calm, calm things. Put some essential oils on, whatever it needs to be. And then one thing I really like is a brain dump. Like keep a list by your bed and all the things that you're thinking about, just get them out. Because if you don't get them out somewhere on paper, they will stay there and they will get really loud at three yeah. in the morning. And it will be a state of the emergency, you know, like in the middle of the night. So get it out. Get yeah. like dump 
jumped up. So that's the sleep one, for example. Tech detox, I think, goes hand in hand with our sleep. I finally mm -hmm. took three months off Instagram a couple years ago, and I found that when I did get off my phone, mm -hmm. before, I was barely on it. I started sleeping again. I started dreaming again. New ideas came for my work and my writing, mm -hmm. um, and I started learning again. I was I've had more time, so much more time to read, to listen to podcasts, to you know, just like watch TED Talks, whatever it is. You know, like I was like, I want to grow. I want to learn something new. So mm -hmm. if you take the things out of your life that are kind of stripping you of energy, um, replace those with things that give you rest. Well, and I know um, so many of the suggestions or ideas you have, they, they really need to become habits in our life. And I don't know about you, but I know... Um, things for sure, like a pandemic, but even just like a busy season, a little too much travel, um, for some, of some parents, a new baby in the house, like they just suddenly get you out of that rhythm and that habit. And I think it's so important that we're just intentional. Like we, I almost feel like you almost have to fight for it. You have to fight back and, and really guard and protect it. You do. And I, and that's why morning routine, I would say is my third one. Yeah. Um, uh, because the first hour sets the framework for your day. Yeah. The first hour gives you a posture, a heart posture towards your people, towards how you feel about God, listening or receiving or prayer, whatever. Um, but then also for the next 15 hours, it literally sets the stage. Yeah. And, and if you just wake up late and tired and the kids are already at you and just like, I don't care. Like, you know, like you can't even work from a posture of rest. Yeah. Um, so, so, so often we think like we, we run so we can earn rest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's what the weekend is for. Like TGIF yeah. now every day is confusing because we don't know when it's TGIF. So this <laughs> feels like a unique moment, but in general, um, you don't run to earn rest. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not even like a real thing. You run fueled from rest when you're rested you're going to run. You're going to run well. Like runners don't run and then go, if I don't get my 26 mile, then I'm not going to let myself sleep tonight. Like, no, you get a good night's sleep so that you can have a plan for the next day. And so that's why I think rest begins with the evening prior so that your morning routine can happen. And then actually that sets the tone for the whole next 24 hours. I mean, it's just, it's just the difference between reacting all day from the minute you're waking up late and the kids are at you to intentionally, purposefully um, using your day the way you want to use it, you know, for purposeful things. So I love that. Okay, let's talk about restore. The second, the second rhythm that uh, you talk about is this idea of restore. Yeah. So restore right here, um, it's permission to play, eat smart, brain food, know your identity, take a walk. We're going to talk about that. Yep. Seek adventure break a sweat, push yourself. So, um, we know that like when we were all house ridden, we were kind of a little bit like, I'm stir crazy. I got to move. I got it. That's actually science. You need yeah. to move your body. Your body was made to move. Um, none of us want to be going on bed rest unless there's a reason medically that we have to, we're not made for that. We're actually made to move in rhythm. That's why God created walking, right? Like yeah. you actually use your actual legs to go places and pedestrian cultures are in general more healthy because they have that serotonin, which yeah. is what releases when you're walking all the time. That's why the Fitbit was such a craze. Like, Oh, I'm going to get my 10,000 steps in because I feel good. Like I accomplished something. I have more energy. I'm creative. So walking, um, unblocked, a creative block if you're a writer or creative or an artist of any sort like I even have a walking treadmill yes I know it's crazy um it's, I'm sorry a walking desk a treadmill desk yeah so you can like walk slow enough I don't recommend it going too fast or you're gonna feel like you're gonna throw up but if you're on your laptop and you have it slow you can actually get some work done yeah um, but I would say whatever it is like get outside 
walk, 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 walk. Everyone's doing it with quarantine. I feel like it's the new thing, like hashtag walking all the time. Um, And then eating smart is a lot of us have spent a lot more time in our kitchens. And so we, we are having to cook and some of us are happy about that. And some of us are reluctant. I fall, (laughs) I fall in the latter camp. Yeah. But I actually like the challenge. I've I've cooked more new recipes in the last two months than I have in my entire life, which kind of gives me a little sense of like confidence. Like, oh, you can cook all these strange with all these strange ingredients you've never used before, and people like it. Yeah. So it does. It, it jumps to the create rhythm, which we'll get back to, in, you know, at the end of this. But but eating smart. Um, we need food for fuel. And a lot of people are getting a little bit more into gardening right now. It's spring. It's nice to just walk outside and grab some fresh herbs, mm-hmm. some veggies, whatever that looks like. Your kids are around so you can chop up things and have them sitting out with yummy dips. Mm-hmm. They might not want a vegetable, vegetable, but if you cut it up and make it look pretty with some dip, like it's just impulsive. Like uh-huh. they just can't refuse it sitting right in front of them. So I have a big charcuterie board, like a big pretty wooden one. And I'm, yes, I put some cheese and, you know, some like little nuts and maybe some salami, but then I put a lot of veggies. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, they finally start going for the veggies. So whatever you have to do, um, it, it's a way to just have a healthy culture because I had to do Whole30 three years ago because I was always tired. Yeah. And I had no energy at three in the afternoon when the kids came home. And I was like, I realized I had a sugar drop from Mm -hmm. all the gluten I was eating. Mm -hmm. So I just said, I'm just not going to do gluten or dairy. Definitely not, you know, before lunch, because Mm -hmm. I don't want to crash at three in the afternoon. So I'm not like crazy about that. I still will have it on occasion Mm -hmm. for a treat. But for the most part, I have a lot more energy. And that was really what it was about. Like I need motivation to keep going. So that's the restore rhythm. Love it. So we were talking a little bit earlier, but my college age children are home because of COVID-19. And I have really loved that because they're both uh, either on internships or they're away at college most of the time. And they are home with me and we are playing cards and we're cooking together. I actually really love to cook. We're walking, um, all, all kinds of things that I it's time I would have never, ever gotten with their particular age and stage of life. Um, that I'm getting right now. And I just love it. And so the next rhythm that you talk about is the connect rhythm. And um, I just believe we were made to connect and to have relationships and to have healthy, good, strong, they, they contribute to our overall well-being and who we are. Like, I don't know why we would want to live or do life without people. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think we're reminded of that now. Sometimes you can take some friendships for granted, like with a quick text, and then all of a sudden you realize, I actually can't see you for a month or more. Yeah. Um, then I don't know about you, but I, I feel like Gabe and I, for a season um, during quarantine, we were texting, we were having double date Zooms with uh-huh. a couple friends that we've had for decades, like that were in our wedding or we were in their wedding. And yeah. we're like, let's do a date, double date night tonight on zoom at seven. And like, I'm like, yeah, take a global pandemic for us to hang out online, you know, because we love these people, but sometimes you get so busy and you don't have time for it. And you really do want to have relationships over the long haul. Like you want people to have seen you in your highs and your lows and your celebrations and your losses. Yes. New friends are wonderful too, but it's those that have walked through a lot of hard things together that you, you kind of go, I'm in, like I've shown you after a decade or two, like I'm not going anywhere. And so it was, it's been a sweet reminder to me in the connect rhythm, how much I value the people that God's brought into my life. So the connect rhythm, here's a few of those chapters again. Um, Some of the topics are be the friend you wish to have. It's all about friendship and and lead with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get into that. 
open porch policy, potluck over perfect, which might be more like open yard, open yeah. drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, bear, I did say porch, it was outside. So, yeah, bear one another's burdens, carry the load. I think people are doing that really well right now. People are yeah. caring for each other in beautiful ways right now. Hugs all around, that's not happening, unfortunately. No. Um, the power of physical touch, marriage retreat, love the one you're with and apologizing first. So essentially connect with them. You know, a lot of our wounding and, and that leads to anxiety and depression mm-hmm. that's out of relationships. It just comes out of trauma, some sort of chronic trauma. You know, it doesn't have to be a single incident. It could be just like a season of too mm-hmm. much or not enough. And, and so part of the healing also has to happen in relationship that whatever we lost in relationship needs to also be healed through Mm -hmm. relationship. So I have talked to a lot of psychiatrists who say some of the most effective therapy has been group therapy because Mm -hmm. people are able to process some things out loud that also happened with people in a season of life prior. And you almost are getting exponential results because they're not just speaking statically to a therapist that they don't have any accountability. They actually have a team of people who are all rallying with them for the same things. So let's jump for a minute into friendship. Like we are in the middle, coming into COVID. Before mm-hmm. quarantine began, we were in a loneliness epidemic. We have 46% of um, a millennial saying that they, they have high feelings of loneliness. 26% saying they don't have a real friend. Mm-hmm. So when oh. you're stuck at home yeah. and you feel those things, all of a sudden you're like, you really start to believe that's true. Mm-hmm. My birthday was yesterday and I had a little bit of a, like a lonely moment in quarantine. Cause mm-hmm. I felt like I was giving everything to the kids, a little bit to work, a lot yeah. to cooking, a lot to cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> like right. when did she laugh last? I yeah. can't remember. And so, um, So Gabe had all my friends from around the country send me these little videos Mm -hmm. and then they put it into like a 30 minute thing last night. And I sobbed. I like literally like watched these women that I love that like, I'm just like, I feel so alone. And it's just not true. It's not true. Like we really actually love each other. Mm -hmm. We don't always express it. So this is a challenge coming out of this to like, Hey, do a voice memo, you know, text don't even text, go past texting Yeah, a little voice memo or a video. Um, let them see you and just say, Hey, here's what I love about you. The one question Gabe asked them was, what's the one thing you love about Rebecca? Mm-hmm. And they all like, I mean, I just was floored and my kids watched it too. And they're like, mom, you're just so cool. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> funny? Oh, I love that. You that your kids don't always see, but then you're that your kids see your friends say it and you're like, yeah, that's true. You are silly mom, you know? But so it, I just think like that was such a small gesture, but it meant like, I will have that video forever and I will probably watch it every year. <laughs> and no, it didn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. It took some time. I would just say, reach out to people, especially right now and just tell mm-hmm. them why you love them. Yeah. Give them a why. The one thing you love about them, it means you notice. Yeah. It means you're paying attention. It's not just like broad. It's, it's specific to them and it will really impact them and encourage them. So, and that, that takes me to the vulnerability piece. Like just vulnerability, tell them like when you share your heart in friendship, Mm -hmm. they share theirs back. That's where connection happens. Um, Hugs all around. We can't do it, but when we can Mm -hmm. um, at least have a few people that, you know, you're safe in quarantine with, if it's not your family, it's, there's a few people that you're like, we're going to hug because hug actually, if you hold a hug for three to five seconds, it releases oxytocin in your brain, which gives you that feeling of connection and belonging. Mm -hmm. And we need to be reminded, especially now that we belong to people. We belong to each other, that we're connected. And that goes back to the video, but the video is good, but like 
you need actual hug. And so right now I have a couple friends who live locally. We hadn't seen each other. We had been mm-hmm. doing, and then we, then we were talking from a distance. And right. the other day I was like, I'm okay with hugging if you are. <laughs> I'm not going to lead in it. Yeah. And I'm okay if you are. And I'm like, okay. Cause it was like my birthday and it was mother's day weekend. And it was like, we were just mm-hmm. feeling all the love and we're like, okay, we've all been, we've all been quarantined in our homes. We feel okay with this. Yeah. I would say like respect each other's boundaries, but don't be like, don't, don't shrink back. I'm going like, I'm okay. If you are, you know, yeah. like, I want to honor. Um, but I need contact, like I need yes. physical touch. Um, so there's that. And then apologizing first, we've learned this in our home. I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. conflict will happen. Yep. Six opinionated people who, um, haven't had this much time together in their entire <laughs> lives. Yeah. You know? So, so the, 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 the idea here is to apologize first, yes. but life is short, you know, Nobody, everyone's in a hard spot. Everyone's saying things they don't mean. Everyone's sad. Everyone's experiencing grief and loss differently. Yeah. Extend grace, apologize first. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's it for the uh, connect rhythm. I love that. Okay. As we jump into the last one, I really uh, resonated with the idea that you get energy from this concept of creation. I know for me, when I'm rested and I'm healthy and I have just mental space in my head that creating something and new ideas just like fire me up and give me a lot of energy and a lot of passion to either do my work or do things that I care a lot about at home or with my friends and our community and and all of those things. So uh, tell us more about the create rhythm. Yeah. So create is so fun for me right now because some of those chapters are dream again. Love it. Uh, recover your passion. You know, you have a little more time to go like, okay, what is the thing that used to make my heart sing that made me come alive? Yes. Um, work with your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even wearing nail polish anymore. I think I'm working so much with my hands. Yeah. So much for gel nails, right? Yeah. Um, and then we learning something new, make a memory, which we have an invitation to do that. Take care of something, say yes, take the risk. Mm-hmm. So a couple examples of how I'm living out the create rhythm right now is um, the recovery your passion is called uh, the subtitles pulling weeds. And I tell a story of how like I had these beds out front of our house that were so overgrown. I couldn't even see the original plan by the landscape designer mm-hmm. and so over the course of the weekend. I just kept pulling and pulling. It was like as if my life depended on it. And I realized in my lo- own life, I had lost my own passion. Mm-hmm. I started as a writer and then that that went into being a teacher, which I love and I'm very passionate mm-hmm. about this opportunity right here. But then it went into all these other opportunities, which were wonderful things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could help do this and, and do this and do this. And then it just kept growing. But all those extra things that I said yes to actually buried the one thing, the main thing that I believe that I was made for, that, I, that I've just come alive doing, which was writing and teaching, basically communicating. Mm-hmm. And so when all those things started to smother the main thing, then I wanted to quit everything. And that wasn't the goal. It was just to strip away, like quit the things that are stripping you of your energy, your passion, your desire that are making you want to numb out. And so one of those was social media. Like I was like, I don't want to be online all the time. I don't want to just put my phone down and ignore it. So I felt a freedom to go, I don't want the pressure to post. Mm -hmm. If I don't have anything worth saying, then Mm -hmm. I don't need to add to the noise. And so it it just took that away. It just was like, okay. Um, I would rather, instead of like stalk Instagram, um, and compare myself to somebody else who's killing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather go make a cake. You know? yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather like, I don't know. We're, we're putting in garden beds. I, you yeah. know, I am learning 
something new. I'm, I'm taking classes right now on how to do seedlings. Ah, so you know, I'm just like the, the old Rebecca, my mom was kind of a crafter. We learned to sew at 11. I made window mm-hmm. treatments. We made ornaments. We made, you know, every kind of recipe. So I, I love bringing that back to life in quarantine season. Yeah. So what that looks like for you, learn something new, work with your hands, mm-hmm. take care of something, be responsible and then say yes to risk. I think that's the one thing that paralyzes mm-hmm. us sometimes. We get so comfortable with status mm-hmm. quo and what is secure, but that's the thing that usually makes us numb out. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is an opportunity to go, okay, um, what would risk look like right now for me? Yeah. You know? And I, I love it. I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm in my mid forties. I'll just, I'll leave yeah. it there. <laughs> and, and I just feel like I, I wrote in my journal yesterday on my birthday morning, like, I feel like a new leaf, lease in life. Like mm-hmm. this feels like it felt a decade ago when we moved to New York. Like it feels like a reset again, like a grand yeah. reset. Like I get to reevaluate what do I really want? Yeah. What's the most meaningful for me? Um, is it my vocation in the way that it looks mm-hmm. right now? Will it change or tweak a little bit? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it going to incorporate more of my kids and my family and my friends? Like I love that. Uh, being nimble in that way so that we don't get stuck in a rut that we never believe we can change. Cause that's what despair means. It means you believe that things will never change, mm-hmm. but every day we wake with new breath is a new yeah. opportunity or an invitation to just reimagine what God might be up to and yeah. what might make our hearts sing. I have been in a lot of discussions with different friends and other leaders and fellow parents and all of that who are, we're really talking about, uh, what are we discovering about ourselves in COVID-19 that we want to bring forward with us that we had kind of forgotten um, was true about us or was a new learning? And then what are the things that we're just going to leave back in COVID-19? We're, we're not going to bring them forward. And I think, I think your book is like rich and full of so many ideas. I feel like we just barely honestly scratched the surface. One thing I want our audience to know is this book is such a practical guide. So if you're listening and you're like, whoa, I cannot do all of those things. The great thing I really love about your book is it is very strategic. It's very simply broken down. You could take a chapter and say, I'm just going to try this this week. And I really believe you'll feel the benefit. I'm, I, I already have felt the benefit of several of those things. And some of them are already a part of my life. So uh, I hope everyone will go and check out your book, Rhythms of Renewal. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us and sharing this content. Well, thank you for having me. I hope it encourages each of you as you step into rhythm and just find a new cadence, especially in the summer months, right? Like don't shrink back, get outside, play, laugh, create. Um, It's going to surprise you how much it will bring you back to life in some areas that have maybe grown dormant. So I'm excited for you guys. Yes. Thank Thank you, you, Rebecca. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me, girl. Thank you. Bye-bye.